Hello folks and welcome to this week's episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast. This week's guest is Glenthorn goalkeeper Aaron McCarry. And before we get on to this week's podcast, I just want to say sorry about the gap in uh, time between the podcast with Shannon Clucas and this one. Uh, basically, I was on holiday. Um, I had a podcast scheduled with a guest, but he wasn't able to make it. And then I wasn't able to make it because I had to move my flights to an earlier date, go on holiday. So hopefully we can do that at a later date. Um, and then when he came home, I managed to get Aaron. So I, I was delighted to get him. Um, but just on the previous podcast, I want to say thanks very much for all the feedback. It was our most listened to podcast by a distance. Um, Shannon was a super guest. He um, really did open up, and um, it's the sort of that sort of thing that, that people love. It's that sort of long conversation with the players that makes them feel closer to the fans, and that is the feedback I've been getting since day one. But uh, there's people who listen to that podcast who hadn't listened to any of the previous ones, so I've seen all the numbers go up little by little so thanks very much um, for everyone who's listened and for everyone who has gave feedback this week's podcast with Aaron so I need to apologise again because the audio quality isn't great It basically the internet connection at his end was playing up and um, we do these podcasts on zoom so you know what it would be like it would be a bit temperamental but he you know what he's an absolute model pro he, he offered he said at the end if you want to re-record this again, just let me know. And they already gave up like 45 minutes to an hour of his time. So I have um, cut a few bits and I moved it around to try and make it seem a, a bit more listenable. So hopefully it isn't too noticeable. Um, but I have to apologise for that audio quality. And also because of the audio, I was a bit distracted throughout it. I was just sitting crossing my fingers hoping that, oh, I really hope this gets to the, to the end without any major hiccups. And hopefully that the audio is listenable. So um, there isn't that much free-flowing conversation from his answers like there usually would be. So maybe not my best performance either. But it was a really good chat. Aaron's had a really good career to date. Um, he's had a lot of low moves. Um, so he's, he's experienced a lot of teams in England as well as playing in the Europa League for the Dock. So it's great to have him at the Oval now, pulling off all those spectacular saves and uh, making a real difference. So here it is, this week's episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast with Aaron Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Shout at the Oval podcast. And I'm absolutely delighted to have with me this week, Glenn Thorne shot stopper, Aaron McCarry. Aaron, welcome to the podcast and thanks very much for doing this. No problem, Matthew. Thanks for having me on. So I think that, uh, well, so we're going to start with sort of the beginning of your career and, uh, and then we'll work, we'll work through your whole career and we'll, then we'll get on to talk about all things Glenn Thorne. Um, you've had a very interesting career, but I think it's only right that we we'll start maybe with we're recording this the day after um, the Glen Alvin match. So what are your feelings after that? It was a, a bit of a um, topsy-turvy game, a bit nervy at times, but we got there in the end. Yeah, I think that's one way of putting it. Um, I think um, everyone knows when they go to Mournview Park what they're going to be expecting. You know, Glen Alvin are um, a very well-drilled physical team and um, they're very good at what they do. And it can cause problems for you. Um, they cause problems to a lot of teams, especially at home. And for probably large parts of the game, we weren't as good as probably we can be. But um, you have to give a lot of credit to um, Glenavon for, um, you know, I suppose stifling us. And, um, you know, what the boys stuck in, the dug at, the, the dug in. Um, you know, and I think in the end, that little bit of quality came through and, 
you know, it's a vital three points and, um, you know, I suppose performances go out the window at this stage of the season. We've played better probably in other games, um, but the most important thing was to get the three points. The feeling in the change room after the game must have been, I mean, it must have been buzzing because uh, it looked like it was maybe getting away from us. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I suppose when you're... Um, when you win a game like that, you know, um, the emotions to be high, um, you know, and the most important thing about the about the game yesterday on uh, on Saturday was that to get the three points, and that was the biggest, that was the objective going into the game, and f- thankfully that was the outcome um, coming out when the game was finished. So we'll we'll go on to sort of talking about your career, um, and I think the first question I got to ask is you're the first goalkeeper we've had on the podcast. Uh, why why a goalkeeper? <laughs> I suppose it's um like anything else. Um probably not good enough to play out the pitch, although I did up for until I was 14, 15. Um and I suppose, you know, the natural height advantage and um I suppose my Gaelic background as well would have um you know made me um you know, I suppose a standout um, when it, at that underage level, you know, quite dominant in that in the air and stuff, aerial ability. I suppose I just rolled with it and, um, you know, things went well for me. And you started off at your hometown club, Monaghan United, and you came through the youth ranks. You broke into the first team at about the age of 17. What, what was that like playing in a men's league at such a young age, especially being in such a nice leader position as goalkeeper? Yeah, well, um, you know, obviously Monaghan United was my hometown club. Um, you know, was there the whole way through underage structures and, and so on and so forth. And they were playing in the League of Ireland First Division at the time. And um, you know, uh, through injuries and and one thing or the other, you know, I got an opportunity when I was a young age, um, seventeen, I think it was, and um, you know, played uh, seven or eight games towards the back end of a season and done. I suppose reasonably well, and um, you know it was it stood to me. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer um, that you know if you can play football at any level, it doesn't matter what level, at what age, you know, what particularly when you're younger, it's going to benefit you, and especially in in, in the in the men's game. And you know, it stood it stood to me, and you know, give me a good solid foundation. You you were snapped up. By Wolves to sort of join, they joined their youth ranks initially, um, and you were there for six six years. But there was a lot of low moves in between. So I'm going to go through sort of your career in chronological order. You know the clubs that you played for, um, because your your first real experience playing senior men's football in England uh, was in a sort of promotion dogfight with AFC Telford. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, you know I think I went there when I was. Um, you know, 18, 19 years of age, and uh, Andy Sinton, ex-England international, played for Wolves, played for QPR, was the manager. You know, it was a great experience for me to go, you know, and play competitive men's football. You know, I had been used to it, so when I went back over to Wolves, you know, I, I obviously it wasn't a step down playing reserve football, but it wasn't competitive. Um, you know, I was used to playing for three points, um, used to play men's football, and, and to get back out and experience that was good. When you went back, the Wolves, you were named in a few squads, uh, but then you went on a one-month loan to Walsall, and then they actually took you out and loan for the rest of the season. What was your time at Walsall like, and was that really like a, a good show of faith that they wanted to keep you beyond that one-month initial loan? 
Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, no, Walsall, um, with Football League debut. Um, you know, uh, Dean Smith uh, was the manager at the time. You know, he was cut, cutting his teeth in the game and excellent um, manager. And I could tell at that stage, you know, that he was going to go on to bigger and better things. Um, you know, it gave me it gave me a good um, taste of, you know, uh, sampling league football in England. Uh, they were in League One at the time, challenging for the for the for the League One playoffs. And um, you know, they, they they I think initially I went back to Wolves. And then um, back again for for the rest of the season. And but through uh, injuries then at Wolves, I was recalled, and it was just you know unfortunate on to not be able to see out the season because ultimately I knew when I was going back to Wolves that I was going back just to you know take up a place and on the bench or you know uh, fill in for an injury or two. And I wasn't really going going to play. You know where if I had a stayed, I would have had maybe twenty or thirty more games under my belt. But listen. Uh, um, I was a Wolves player, you know, that was their prerogative. Um, um, you know, that, that can be the frustrating thing about loans when when the parent club has them recall options in it. And, uh, well, you did go, you went back to Wolves uh, and they got relegated to League One. Um, but you actually, in a sort of twist of fate, you made your debut for Wolves against Walsall. Did, did you know that was coming up before that happened? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think uh, at that time it was um, it was called the Johnson Kane Trophy, um, you know, and as, as you alluded to, we uh, had suppose a dramatic slide down to League One, and Kenny Jacket came in and he put a lot of faith in the in the younger players and uh, brought through a lot of younger players, and um, I suppose uh, you know I was. I was moved up into the first team dressing room. You know, I was it was in around the first team all the time, and uh, he kind of said that you know I was going to be um, you know the the second choice keeper that year, and um, I suppose my um, new cup cup competitions were going to be my chance to impress. And uh, you know, um, funnily enough, my debut was against Walsall, and you know it went reasonably well for me on the night. Uh, game went to a penalty shootout and managed to save a couple of penalties and. You know, at Molyneux in front of the the Wolves crowd, so that was it. That was a nice moment and something that I can I'll always remember. You did after that. You had a short loan move to York, um, which was going well, but you got recalled by Wolves due to an injury crisis. And this actually meant you got to play a part in Wolves' promotion that season. And um, what's your memories of that season? That must have been pretty special playing at Molyneux in a promotion season. Yeah, no, that was. Um... That was actually, uh, as you said, had been doing reasonably well. Nigel Wardington was the manager again. We were challenging towards uh, the top end of the division, looking to the playoffs. Um, uh, and I suppose it was only really settling only there three or four games, and an injury happened to Carla Keemel at the time, had Wayne Hennessy there. Um, he was coming back from injury. I think he had kind of around the January time, and he had a um, a move to Crystal Palace, kind of lined up, and want to play in the game against Gillingham, which opened up the way to you know to make my league debut for Wolves. And um, you know we went, although we lost that night against Gillingham, um, you know it was it was a proud moment for me because. Um, I've actually got family in the area and all my family were over from from Ireland to visiting for the new year. 
um, and it was just by chance. You know, they knew I was on at the orb, so it wasn't pre-planned, and so it was um, it was a nice moment to 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 make me feel in front of them, although we did lose the game. Obviously, footballers go through up and downs in their career, and, and you actually had a bit of a, a down in 2015 when you were suspended for a few months by, on an FA charge, and that must have been an extremely difficult time. But at the same time, it must have been quite encouraging the support that you received from the manager Kenny Jacket and Wolves. Yeah, no, obviously it was a difficult time in 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 my career, and um, you know, I suppose. I was open and honest with the club, and 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 they they showed their support, and um you know Kenny Kenny Jacket went uh way beyond um you know what he had to do you know for a manager of the football club you know he welcomed me into his house you know him and his wife and looked after me because you know I was a a young player at the stage and living away from home no family around me and you know his support and the club's support was um. You know, truly amazing and, and something that I'll always be I'll always remember and be grateful for. But you didn't let that hamper your career because you got um you know you went on two more loans, uh one of which was at Portsmouth, the other one at Bury. Now, Portsmouth are a really quite a big club in England. They're well supported, they've got a very decent stadium and a good pedigree in English football. So it must have been a real learning curve to the play there, even for a short period of time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know. I was always one for looking for opportunities to go and play um, when I wasn't playing at, at my parent club. And, you know, it can be difficult sometimes when you're that second or third choice keeper. The club um, can be reluctant to let you go. But, um, you know, to get the opportunity to go to Portsmouth, um, a massive football club in their own right, um, you know, although they had been through a lot of trouble themselves and were looking to build themselves back up, you know, it was... Um, it was was great to be um, wanted by them and to go and play in front of the Fratton Park faithful, you know, it was a fantastic experience and, um, you know, something that I'll always look back on. Your time at Wolves then came to an end in 2016, but how would you uh, sort of look back on your time there overall? A lot of low moves, but, you know, you gained a lot of experience. Was it tough moving around so much? Um, not really moving around, you know, because I was always keen to go and play. I suppose the biggest, um, you know, disappointment over the whole time was you know I never wherever I was I never really got an opportunity to play for a sustained period of time and I always felt that you know if I got a sustained run in in any team you know I'd be able to prove my worth and um, you know I suppose that went with the you know ultimately you know I wasn't good enough to play for for the Wolves first team on a regular basis you know they had fantastic keepers there throughout my time and um you know, I was always looking to go and play, so that didn't bother me moving around. But um, obviously, then the time came where I, then I had to move on, um, and you know, um, I suppose the time was right. You you did move on, and you moved on to Ross County in Scotland. What what attracted you to move the, to that move to that move north, a different country and a different league entirely? Um, I suppose, you know, I had seen. Maybe the likes of Darren Randolph, you know, that had gone up to Motherwell and done really well and earned a move back down and broke into the international team. You know, I thought it could have been a stepping stone for myself. Um, you know, Ross County were a very well-run club. Um, you know, they just came off the um, winning the League Cup. And, you know, I thought it was, you know, I thought it, it, it suited me. And, um, you know, I, I thought it would be a good opportunity. And, um you know, listen, it didn't work out probably the way that I 
wanted it to and um you know there was a couple of factors injuries and you know we we hit bad form and stuff like that um so yeah listen this that's football is all about and you know there's there's ups and downs and listen yeah it's, it's trying to you know to balance them out and um yeah, it, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, but, you know, I, I really enjoyed my two years living in the Highlands and, you know, have a lot of good time, a, good, a lot of good memories, met a lot of good people, a lot of good friends. And, um, yeah, it was disappointing in, in a way that it worked out and, you know, we ended up getting relegated and, um, you know, although there was an opportunity to stay on, you know, uh, probably at the time, you know, um, I was ill-advised and, and, and didn't take the opportunity to stay on. Was it tough after leaving Ross County, what was ultimately quite a big step down and moving to Warren Point? Was it a case of just trying to enjoy your football again or how, what was what happened there? What was the move like there? Yeah, well, I suppose at that time, you know, as I alluded to, you know, I was ill-advised when I was leaving Ross County, you know, I had just broke into the Republic of Ireland senior squad a couple of months before I left. Ross County and, you know, the person that was uh, representing me at that time, you know, had kind of, um, you know, said that there was better offers out there. And, um, you know, un unfortunately, um, those um, offers or that um, never materialised. And, you know, I kind of was left in limbo. Um, I came back home to Ireland for the summer and, um, you know, the season had started and, you know, I was without a club and a good friend of mine that I played underage international football with and uh, Steve McDonald was the manager of Warren Point and I had asked him, um, could I pop in just to do a little bit of pre-season to keep myself taking over um, hoping, you know, there's something that would come, come up across the water and that never materialised and, you know, I was kind of left in a situation where, you know, I didn't want to be forgotten about and you know, I thought it just best to, you know, go and play some games and get back and join the game again. And you mentioned they were getting the international call up. And I was going to touch on that. What What was it like getting that call up to your to represent your country? You know, even just in the squad, uh, playing with you know those players, training with those players, and getting that experience. Yeah, yeah, I think it's everyone's uh, kids' dream when they're young, but underage the whole way through to under twenty one. Though I'd never receive a senior cap, you know, to be in a couple of them. You know, it was quite surreal. So next up uh, for you was your move to Dundalk. And this is a really interesting one because it's an interesting project. And if you've been given a list of clubs that you played for at the start of your career and was said, circle which one you'll make your Europa League group stage debut for, I don't think you would have circled Dundalk. No, definitely not. Um, yeah, it kind of, you know, Stephen Kenny was the, the manager there and they were going through a successful time and he had... They tried tried to sign me a couple of times, and um, you know I was playing in the in the UK at the time, and um, you know probably wanted to stay in the UK and didn't want to commit. But when I came back home, you know he he showed his interest again, and I thought it was a no brainer to go and play, uh, go back into the full time um, environment. And again, um, unfortunately, Stephen left before I even had a training session with them, Doc. And, um, you know, the, the, the new manager came in, Vinnie Perth. Um, you know, he, 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 he never took a shine to me from day one. And um, it was a hugely frustrating time in my career. Um, you know, it was the only time in my career that I look back and think, you know, it was, it was time wasted. Um, 
you know, two years that I, I can never get back. And um, a very frustrating time for me um, personally as well. And, you know, it was, it was a very difficult challenge um, to, to keep going. And um, although I did manage to play in the Europa League, you know, I, you know, I, I think, you know, I did, I, it was a great experience and um, for myself and that. But, um, you know, I don't look back on my time at Dundalk fondly, you know. Um, and, and, you know, that's, you know, there was great people there. Um, a great club, historic club, historically well-supported club. But unfortunately for myself, you, you know, it never worked out the way I wanted to. And um, actually, it took a lot out of me. And um, was probably at the stage of maybe thinking even about um, giving, giving it up. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't do that. Well, I think we, we can sort of say we're grateful for that too at this stage. But uh, your, your, move, your move north then came with Cliftonville. And it was a short spell, but it was one where you certainly made your mark and you made a name for yourself in the league. But when that call came to sort of join Cliftonville, was it a tough one knowing the travelling you'd have to do uh, for training and games? Yeah, well, I think so as well. Um, you know, I suppose I had a couple of options at that time. And, you know, um, as I said, you know, I, I was seriously thinking about, you know, packing it all in and... Um, you know, I, I thought that's, you know, it wasn't for me. And, um, you know, I, I'll be I'll, thankful to Paddy McLaughlin. You know, he persuaded me to, to, to come on board. And um, I didn't, you know, by going back to part-time football, it meant that, you know, I had to, you know, pick up a, a job in the daytime as well. And, you know, it's something that I wasn't used to. You know, I had a, a, a newborn son um, at home and, you know, it was working long days, then going to train in the evening time. And um, it was tough grind, but, you know, um, it, it, was, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened because it, it made me realise, you know, that, that, that football isn't the, be end, the end of all. And, um, you know, that other people, you know, have to go out and work um, long days and come home and look after their families and that. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed my, my short period there. And, um, you know, a great group of people. And, um, yeah, it was just good to get back playing. And, 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 and you know, a manager that trusted you to, to play week in, week out goes a long way. And it, it helped me build up my confidence again. It was your spell at Cliftonville, obviously, which then opened up a door for the move to Glen Torn. And here we are today. But when that interest came in, was it an easy decision to make, knowing that you're going to be able to move back into full-time football, even though you were leaving somewhere where you were settled? Yeah, um, you know, right from the get-go, um, you know, when when it, when I did um, say sign for Cliftonville, you know, I, I made it very much clear that if an opportunity um, came up to go back in the full-time game, um, enjoying it, it was something that I wanted to, to pursue. Um, and you know, when the, when the opportunity came to you know to join Glen Torn, you know, I jumped at it with both hands. Um, because as I said, um, you know, the full time football was was a massive um was a massive plus for me. Um, it let me you know get a little bit of family time back. Um, because you know, as I alluded to beforehand, you know, I was going to going to work on a Monday morning at eight o'clock and 
training on a Monday night with, with uh, Clayton Villarreal and I was only really seeing my son maybe once a week and it was putting a lot of not I wouldn't say stress or that but like it was it was a lot for um my wife to you know to to, to expect her to do to just completely look after the young fella for the whole week and that so um you know once the opportunity to come back to full-time football became apparent you know I jumped at it with both hands Glenn's have found it difficult to say the least in finding a goalkeeper to replace Elliot Morris and I mean it's always going to be difficult to find uh, and replace a, a goalkeeper with that sort of quality and longevity were you aware of what Elliot had achieved before you came to the club and did you feel there was any sort of pressure then having to fill those gloves? Um, no, I yeah, I was aware of what Elliot has had achieved. You know, he had a fantastic career, um, an um, an unbelievable servant to to the club. Um, very successful, won trophy after trophy, and um, I suppose was the outstanding performer for 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 the for the Glens on a, a weekly basis for you know a long long time, many many years, and. Um, you know, I would have been aware and would have seen him play before, and um, you know, heard of his reputation as a, as a coach, and you know, it was something that, you know, it wasn't, it didn't put me off for that. You know, I didn't think it was big boots to fill because, you know, Elliot's um his own character, and I'm my own character myself. So I just I was just coming into you know. Um, for me, it was just seeing it as a job and come in and, and, and try and, you know, show my um, ability and to showcase it um, and, you know, the opportunity then to work with with Els on a daily basis and, and try to improve as well. And you seem to settle fairly quickly at the Oval. Um, did you know any of the lads before you made the move? Maybe Connor McManaman briefly or uh, Kieran O'Connor? Was he at one point you were there? Yeah, it was probably... Um, I knew Conor Mack uh, briefly at Cliftonville, played for, with him for a couple of games at Cliftonville, um, and Kieran O'Connor then um, played with him at Warren Point. But apart from that, um, I didn't really know any of the other lads, but, you know, a great group of lads, you know, very welcoming and, you know, settled in straight away. Um, fantastic changing room and um, fantastic bunch of lads to go into work with every day. It was a, a bit of a tough start to the season. Um, you missed a few games through injury. I think you COVID at one stage and then there was a suspension. But it's safe to say that from any setbacks, you sort of bounced back and bounced back remarkably. Are, are you pleased with the start that you've made in your first season of your Gans career? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, there was a few disappointments in there, you know. Couple of, missed a couple of games, uh, as you alluded to the true <clears> suspension. Um, so the season it was probably a little bit stop start, but you know what? I, I always say like a game to get into himself if he hasn't been playing. So, um, you know, I feel as if I've got that, and again, I'll go back to what I said about you know having a manager that backs you and trusts you, um, and um, helps enormously. And it just means that you can go out and showcase yourself and, and and not be looking over your shoulder um, where if a manager's doubting you or has any doubts about you at all, you tend to sometimes try and, and stand out and do things that you wouldn't normally do in, in you know, maybe come and look for crosses or, or stuff like that that you shouldn't be coming for and, um, you know, try, trying to, you know, stand out where, you know, a goalkeeper should probably you know, go unnoticed, um, you know, and, um, you know, that's been a massive plus for me. 
you, you've put in some, it's safe to say, spectacular performances, literally the likes of which we haven't seen since Elliot over a prolonged period of time, and you, you're doing it all in one season. Um, he had a knack of pulling up top door saves when it really mattered, and uh, you've done the same in some games, like Linfield twice, Crusaders, Cliftonville, all games which had a, a massive say in the title race. But what's what talked to me about those games? What it is? Is it about those big games? Does it just is it just chance that you're pulling off these saves in these games, or? Uh, is it a thing? Uh, is it a mentality? No, I, I, I wouldn't say it's chance. I'd say it's something that we work on every day in training. Um, you know, you, you make um, them saves, repetition, repetition, repetition. And you're just waiting for that one save to come off in a game or if you need to make it. You know, um, you just work at it from Monday right through the, to the Saturday and, you know, hope, hope it comes to fruition on, on a Saturday. Um, I, I'd say a lot of it is down to hard work on the on the training ground, and then you touched a little bit on it is mentality as well, and um, you know concentration and that becomes vital. And um, I suppose you know being there, um, listen a little bit of it's luck. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know a lot of hard work goes into it in, on the training ground. We've heard players and even Mick, to be honest with you, um, joking around saying when someone says, "Oh, what about that save from Aaron?" Well, that's his job. That can't really be the mentality, is it? Because, I mean, when a striker scores a worldly, it's like that's a top drawer, uh, you know, goal. So when you're putting off them saves, it must give you a massive satisfaction. Yeah, well, ultimately, it is your job. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> the job as a goalkeeper is, you know, to do your best to keep the ball out of the net. And, um, listen, you're not going to save every every attempt on goal, but... Um, you know, it's just good to be able to, to be there and to, you know, give a hand in to the lads when, when called upon. And, you know, um, I suppose, you know, if, if I can help any way at all, you know, it's a bonus. And, um, you know, it makes right in, in, in a way that, you know, it is your job. And, um, you know, sometimes sometimes the seal can look better than it actually is or, you know, um, or so on and so forth. And, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's part and parcel of the game. And listen, when I make a mistake, I don't get too low. When I make a save, you know, I, I don't get too high. I try and find that balance. Let's talk about highs and let's talk about mainly highs. Let's talk about winning because winning is something that the Glens have certainly got used to. I think it's two defeats in 25 games. But let's talk about specifically your celebrations because it's starting to become really noticeable about just how much you treasure every single win and just how much you seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, listen, if you can't celebrate a win, like, you know, um, you know, I'm an emotional person, you know. Um, I, when I go home to the club, you know, I get right embedded in it, um, you know, and I, I, I'll do it literally anything I can to help that club, you know, um, get get to where it wants to be. And, um, you know, uh, like it's part and parcel of the game. If you can't enjoy it, you know, you're in the wrong game. And listen, nothing nothing beats that winning feeling. And, um, you know, you, you have to savour it because, um, listen, it's a short career and unfortunately it doesn't last forever. So, um, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you do enjoy them moments and listen when you lose as well you know um it hurts it really hurts and um my wife would allude to would allude to this and um you know what i'm not the 
the best person to be around to, with for to the following game comes up. Um, you know, it hurt and I don't like losing, but I love that winning feeling. Yeah, no, I think even the supporters, uh, my fiance would feel the same way. Like if I come home off the games, I got beat, which thankfully doesn't happen very often. I'm, I'm not nice to be here around as much as if I get a win and I'm flying up the, the road, absolutely buzzing. And the, the, I mean, and I think it's reflecting on the fans and in general, the atmosphere this season, particularly the away games and particularly under lights has been pretty special. You're pretty isolated out there. Is it something you can really notice? Yeah. Um, yeah, the support has been amazing, you know, particularly on the road, the fans travel and their numbers and it's, you know, it, it helps the lads, um, you know, it drives them on. And, you know, a couple of them tied away games to Cliftonville and Cruz theaters you know the, the fans really you know stuck behind got behind us and stuck with us um you know and drove us on and it's been amazing to create plastic atmosphere and um you know even the, the home the home fans as well um you know i think the atmosphere sometimes gets lost at the oval because it's so open um, and it doesn't tend to seem as as nice as as an away game. Um, the the facilities and because the ground is so open. And recently, uh, we signed Sean Murray to the club, and that's a player you'll know from Dundalk. Was was it a case of when you, when when he was signing? Did Mick say, "Could you have a word? Could try and convince him." <laughs> yeah, well, um, I knew uh, Moses. Uh, contract was up, so um, you know, Mick had mentioned that you know that they were kind of looking at him, and um, you know, I just gave him a couple of little texts here and there to try and persuade. Calculated, um, I knew no matter what that it wasn't going. Um, but I just told him about the club and you know what the ambitions in that were, and um, you know how much he would enjoy it enjoy it here and you know thankfully we were able to get someone of his caliber in and you know I think he's a fantastic addition to the squad. How would you rank your time at Glenthorne so far amongst the rest of your career? Um you've only been here a short time but you seem to be really enjoying it. Yeah I know um I think it's safe to say that it's probably um no, probably it is the um, most enjoyable time of my career so far. You know, really enjoying it. Love going to work every day. Love coming in the training and um, working with the lads, working bells. You know, the fellow goalkeepers, Ross Glendening. You know, the other the other young keepers that be in training with us. You know, I, I, I love going in every. You know. Put, into into action at the weekend on a Saturday at 3pm you know there's no better feeling and for the rest of your career because you're sort of entering what would see seem as prime years for a goalkeeper now so uh, what's the plans is it literally just try and stay at Glenthorn as long as possible win as many medals as possible and see how it goes yeah I think um, you know I've um, reasonably contract at Glenthorn and you know try to be successful as a team um, you know, as we can win as many uh, trophies as we can, and um, you know, hopefully, you know that it can, hopefully, the stay can can stay, uh, I can prolong the stay and and help the club, you know, to progress because you know there's great stuff 
the foundations been been put in there and um you know there's more to come from us well that's great to hear and i think that every fan hopes that um you are here for many years to come and end up with many medals um i did put out a few uh, up an appeal really for some fan questions um and we've got a few in so i'm going to ask three um the first one here is from johnny Farr, and he says that there's a lot of plastic pitches in the league but do you have a, a preference between uh, plastic or grass? Um, I think in times gone by that, you know, I wore grass pitches, but, um, you know, in this country with the weather the way it is, and, you know, unfortunately not a lot of finance goes into, you know, it takes a lot of uh, finance to, you know, keep a grass pitch. And um, you know, I think I'm swaying towards the, the the three Gs or the four Gs as they are now because you know what you're going to get with them. You know, there there's no bobbles and and um, you know they they're more thrower. Um, and I think you get a better spectacle on them. Um, certainly at this time of year. Um, but like if if, if it was a case of you know they. There could be investment in, in, in grass pitches and they could be maintained to a higher standard. Um, you know, I'd be all for that as well. But, and you know, I understand that it takes a lot of money as well for the upkeep, upkeep of, of a grass pitch. And also, um, you know, there's so much football now with underage academies and women's football that it's very hard to, you know, to, to, to do that all on a, on a grass surface. And for most clubs, you know, 3G or 4G makes sense to them because, you know, they don't have to go and rent other facilities. They can have everything at, 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 the, one, at the one place. And, you know, I suppose from a finance perspective, you know, it, it, makes, it makes sense. And, you know, I think you only have to look at Clifton though this year. You know, their, their 3G last year, you know, was, was, was endlessly bad. But they relayed it this year with a superb... Um, brand new surface and you know I think that's how they play a nice pass which the pitch allows So the, the next question was from Keith Scott and he says the Oval's got a great pitch but for atmosphere um, sort of away from home the Glens playing away from home is excellent so do you have a preference playing home or away? Um, no I, I, I wouldn't really you know I really enjoy the away games because it's say uh, the atmosphere does be does be electric and um you know, I think that, as I already said to you, that, you know, that gets lost a little bit at the Oval um, with how open it is. And, um, you know, I suppose the, the away games, when you win them, you know, uh, are brilliant and that. But I, I wouldn't really have a preference as such. Um, you know, it's, it's nice to have a, a home, to play at home. And, you know, not everyone can get to away games, so it's nice to play in front of the home supporters as well. And the last question is from Craig McCulloch, and he said, are you aware of the movie Meme Machine? And are you aware of the character Monk? And did you know that Monk is now your nickname at the Oval? Yeah, I actually seen Craig's tweet last <laughs> night. <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen Meme Machine. Um, I've seen a couple of, um, of, of, couple of interactions on social media. Um, my brother-in-law had... had reference it a few times as well so i think i'm happy to go with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> well listen Aaron, thanks so much for coming on you've been an excellent guest um i think we can safely say that we're absolutely delighted to have you here at the oval in between the sticks um a safe pair of hands is always like an extra line of defense um we're 
really glad that you're uh, you're here and you're you're giving it your all. Continue on with your great performances, but also those celebrations. Keep them coming because we love them. Thanks a million, Matthew. So there you go, folks. That is the podcast with Aaron. Um, it's healed off towards the end, so it does just come to an abrupt end. Um, just something I didn't touch on in the intro that I want to touch on now is I didn't bring up the Bobby Burns incident and start que- asking questions about that. Simple fact that it has been done to the death. Um, Bobby gave an interview recently in the Glenthorne Gazette with John Graydon that you can go and read. Um, he touches on it in that. Uh, Mix talked about it multiple times and then also Aaron has given a really good interview to the BBC recently so you can go and Google that. So hopefully that was bearable and wasn't too tough to get through with the dropping in and out of audio but um, like I say I, I cut it up a wee bit. Hopefully I have another guest for you here on Tuesday. I haven't recorded that one yet but um, uh, it's in the works so fingers crossed. So thanks very much and uh, hopefully you'll be listening again on Tuesday. <laughs>